0: As we continue to unpack the 8th chapter of the book of Revelation, we are in the discussion of the sounding of the seven trumpets. We've gotten down to verse 10 of Revelation 8 where the third angel sounded. The third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood which of course is the term for bitter, Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Once again, if we have any kind of domestic understanding of these things, we look for some great um, falling star Uh, and something in amongst the planets, but it's not that at all. A great star fell from heaven like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. I will remind you that when God brought Israel into the land of promise. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the 5th chapter, he's describing from chapter 5, which is the second giving of the law and on 6, 7 and 8, he's describing the land that he's bringing them into and he describes various springs, various forms of water. They included rivers, fountains and springs of water, meaning a well-watered land or as it would be said, a well-watered garden. When God established the Garden of Eden, there were four four rivers in the Garden of Eden, their names were Pishon, or rather Gihon, G-I-H-O-N which meant a spurter, Gihon which meant a gusher, Tigris and Euphrates, four rivers. Because God understands the importance of water and springs of water and rivers in the symbology associated with the word with the word in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was uh, the word was god uh, the word was god the same was in the beginning with god in the opening of creation the first reference to it is and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, or moving upon the waters, telling us that in the deep there is an absolute correlation between the Spirit of God and the Word which was symbolized by water. So whenever the Word of God is brought forth by the leading of the Holy Spirit, it is sweet, it refreshes, it cleanses, it is the foundation for renewal and renovation, it is what baptism is, it is how you rise out of death to a newness of life. Husbands are supposed to wash their wives by the water of the Word, which is the promise of living in the reality of Christ and the church, being the model for a husband and a wife. We are born again of water and the Word. So when the Holy Spirit ministers the distribution of the Word, it is sweet, it is cleansing, it is transformative, it is life-sustaining. These are just some of the value associated with the symbol of water as the word. What happens here? A great star fell from heaven burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the waters of the rivers and of the springs of water. Now its name is called Wormwood because it turns water that men need into bitterness that kills you, many men die. What would be the indication here? That the information On which mankind depends for truth has been so thoroughly perverted, so thoroughly perverted by this, the reference to a great star falling from heaven. We know there are three heavens. This this star doesn't fall out of heaven itself where the throne of God is. Paul refers to that second heaven as spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So it's talking about as the heavens are shaken, as the heavens are shaken, we talked about that the last time, the lightning, the lightnings, thunders and noises and a great earthquake reference back to Hebrews 12 that speaks of, "...once more I will shake the heavens." The deceptions of the heavens, meaning of the second heavens where the demonic resides, the deception that was cloaked in invisibility, now comes into the realm of humankind and the coming of it is likened unto a great star, one of these these demonic figures that fall from the heavens. The word "star" there is the word "aster," a s t e r, asteri, or asteron. Literally or figuratively, it's a star. Now, this may or may not be a demonic figure. What it is certainly, what it certainly is is a new form of deception that corrupts the information of mankind, a new form of deception has come upon the earth. Now we have much in the way of indication of what this is because in the book of Daniel, the 7th chapter, we're introduced to a great beast that has ten horns. A little horn comes up at a point in the narrative and overthrows three horns. And and so so there's an eighth horn, ten existing, three are overthrown by one. So uh, a, a net of, uh, of two losses, so seven remov- uh, 10 removing 3 would be 7 but a net gain of 1, an additional gain of 1 that would make it 8. 8 is the symbol of new beginnings which would be an indication of a new time coming upon the earth, heralded by this horn that arises on one of what Revelation would describe as seven heads, Revelation 13 describes the same beast and adds the factor that it has ten horns and seven heads. But this horn is given a mouth it's given eyes and it's given a mouth and it speaks blasphemous things against the throne of God, against the dwelling place of God and against things in heaven and things on the earth. So what are we talking about? And this horn, this horn makes war against the saints, and overcomes them until judgment is set and given in favor of the saints and they inherit the kingdom. So prior to this star falling, there is this great beast that arises, there's this horn that speaks blasphemous things that is allowed to oppress the saints and does for time, times, and half a time. But now, in the moment of judgment, this corrupter of the information on which now men have relied, have come to rely, is cast down. It's cast down and He can no longer sustain the lies that make war against the saints. So it's time for men to face the truth of the deceptions that they've agreed to follow. And when they drink of this water, it's bitter, it's bitter. And it and men die. This is a time again of judgments. Now, what we will see as as this book of the book of Revelation, in a sense, doubles back and emphasizes some of these particular things, it will talk about how the saints who are subject to the deceptions prior to the casting down of these vain imaginations, the casting down of these deceivers who corrupt the Word, who deceive mankind, who lead mankind astray. Prior to that, this this mouth will wage war against the saints. The oppression of the saints in the end of the age is a propaganda war. It's a battle for what is true. We could take no comfort in the present moment from the fact that both in the church and out of the church, both in the church and in the world, nobody seems to really know what's true anymore. A deceiver is effective when He comes into an environment rife with deception. And that way, I declare to you, is being prepared even as we speak. Because mankind has lost connection to the eternal standards and even the church has become distracted by political things and things that Uh, relate to its survival. It was always going to be like this once the gospel of prosperity was introduced apart from any relationship to a life of sacrifice. Prosperity as an end within itself has always been a false doctrine, unsustainable by the Scriptures because it its appeal is it leads men astray by appealing to their lust and to the vanity of their lust. But the time when all those things will be disclosed is now, as related here in the eighth chapter of the book of Revelation. There will be an arrest. By the way, you know, one of the reasons God doesn't commission us to go and tear things down and, and, uh, and uh, wage war with the various appearings of evil upon the earth, whether in the church or in the world, and, and rather gives us the admonishment let them grow together until the time of the harvest, is because the judgments will come out of heaven in the appointed time in direct answer to the prayers of the saints who, when they were subjected to these things in the earth, they were maligned by these very systems and the people who put their trust in them. There are times when we'll be required to be as sheep to the slaughter, as lambs dumb before the sharers so we will not open our mouths just like He could not. But did God vindicate him and has God continued to vindicate him even though he was crucified and rejected? Well of course, of course. And in the final analysis, it is He now who is giving command for the sounding of the trumpets that reflect the answerings of the prayers of the saints. So we are not ever going to be destroyed, in fact we are reserved to be the judges, the divine Elohim, the magistrates of God. So the great star that fell from heaven like a burning torch may be a demonic personage who infuses or who has infused the, this mouth that speaks blasphemously, very likely it is that, but it is the time when all forms of deception on which mankind has relied, whether they are likened unto rivers or springs of water because the reference to water, whether rivers or springs, is a reference to word and men have put their trust in words that are false, words that oppress the saints, words that blaspheme the Most High and He who sits on the throne and the majesties of heaven. Words like, well, they're always talking about the end of the age but you know, it's never happened, so how do we even know these things are true? Words that are now growing as a groundswell against the misconduct of the church in this present time where everything associated with the church is being dismissed even as the church is being dismissed. The the world is now no longer picking and choosing, they they do not even consider whether or not there might be truth amongst the the things they are discarding they're satisfied that the purveyors of unrighteousness coming from the church and the purveyors of falsehoods who are leaders of the church, of the evangelical church in particular, but the Roman church is not exempt. In this indiscriminate dismissal of all things quote unquote religious, the stage has been set for blasphemous things to replace even those things that had elements of the truth in them. Now as this goes forward, man will drink deeply from the rivers and springs of misinformation, they will drink to their satisfaction from the waters of human intelligence and the collective wisdom of the minds of fallen men and the net outcome will be that they will dismiss the saints as being not relevant and these words will form a very different mindset, a very different idiom as to what is true. You're already seeing that happening in the world and there is such a figure as a spokesman for the beast who will use all the power of the beast its economic power its social power its military power its commerce its all the rest of it to insist on the primacy of the ways of these of the beast who is actually this great kingdom that is the Alter ego of the power of Satan himself. This is coming into the world and it's coming rapidly, but we're being allowed a look ahead to see what happens to this false compendium of wisdom that sustains the beast in its heyday, in its day of working uh, hardships of every kind upon the saints, to include waging war against them on the question of what in fact is true and whether or not there is such a thing as a person of the truth. Waging war on no less a person than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, but judgment is set. The name of this star is bitterness, it sows bitterness because that is the direct and proximate result that will stem from the way that human knowledge has been corrupted. And by the way, this is a corruption that is not new but it will reach its apogee in this time. Human knowledge was corrupted from the time of the Tower of Babel when men reasoned that there was a way to negate The power of God upon the earth by supplanting their own wisdom, or or, or substituting, putting in place their own wisdom and their own understanding. But all of that is destined to be summed up in this bitterness. And it's, it's called bitterness because it is like wormwood that makes the waters bitter there can be no good coming out of this fountain. This fountain was always one of bitterness and death and whoever has relied on it has lived in a condition of being dead while he was still alive, just didn't know it because all of the ways of darkness and all of what constitutes the kingdom of darkness leads to death. That is why God translates us from the control of that darkness, the darkness of the corruption of information and reliance upon that darkness that produces warfare and anger and bitterness and division among human beings, the like of which were first presented at the point where the end of things was about to, beginning, to to be begun by the four horsemen that we studied way at the beginning of this series. A third of the waters became wormwood and many died from the water because it was made bitter. Verse 12, the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, a third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. So we'll unpack that but you'll note that it's a third. It's not all of it just yet, why? Because we are still in the earth, the saints are still in the earth at this time. So all wisdom has not been corrupted. There, It isn't that there are... No sources available anymore. At the very end, I believe it is in the seventh chapter of Amos, it says that in the end of the age there will come a famine not for bread and water but a famine for the word of God. Now these are things that repeat themselves throughout human history and where some of these things were true in antiquity, times of Israel, um, times say of the Babylonian Empire, times of Rome and the like, in the early church, there's a final summation of these things that is consistent with the end of all things and the beginning of that which is yet to come as long as the earth remains these cycles will continue to to move through time and whereas they have fulfillments in certain epochs it is not to be presumed that on t- until the end of the age, their final fulfillments have come. So as we come back to and as we look at the fourth angel who sounds, we'll see how the things that are affected are physical, they relate to the environment, they relate to the plagues in the environment they relate to commerce in the environment, they relate to the corruption of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And in the last of these four, and then we'll have three more, uh, these first four of a particular kind, but in the last of them, it's a third of the moon, the stars, the sun that are being struck and darkness comes to that degree upon the earth. We'll continue to discuss that. I'm Sam Solon, we'll see you then.